Howdy, welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we have special guest. Chris. And Chris, uh, where are we at today? Las Vegas, Nevada at Rolling Smoke Barbecue. All right, and this is a place we've been to a few times now. Um, Today we'll talk a little bit about the influence and expansion of Texas barbecue across the U.S. and the world, to be honest. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about some of the places we've been to. Some of the places we still would like to get to as well that we just haven't quite been to. Um, just a little bit about what we had today that makes it, you know, ironically, this restaurant is, is the owners are based from Arkansas originally, uh, but it is Texas style. Um, what what would you call Texas style barbecue? Oh, well, brisket obviously is the first thing that you think about. Um, it's a beef heavy barbecue. Um, pork ribs, well, you know, depending on the style in which they're cooked, you know, lots of different styles of barbecue do pork ribs but with texas you're usually getting offset you know offset smoke you're getting black pepper and not a whole lot else not a super saucy most of the time and the ones we had here today were definitely along that texas style and then uh, obviously sausage would be the the third part of the famed texas trinity and along with that um not every place serves them but beef ribs of some sort either the chuck or the plate ribs um, here they have the chuck ribs. Uh, they do them up heavily peppered, very similar to what, what we normally would expect to see in Texas. Right, yeah. It was, it was a pretty good spread. Uh, we've we've all individually eaten barbecue outside of Texas with uh, mixed results. Um, I've had, personally had some pretty rough barbecue outside of Texas, and I've had some fantastic barbecue <laughs> outside of Texas. I'll, I'll tell you that, that one time, um, and I've had it at more than one restaurant now, um, it's just the thin-shaved, almost, you know, Arby style, if you will, but the thin-shaved brisket um, piled up, very soulless, flavorless, um, you know, covered with some random sauce. Um, I know at Northeast, um, Pit Beef Barbecue had the uh, horseradish sauce, um, which was very reminiscent of Arby's to me. Um, but definitely, it, it, these places even said Texas style that I've been to that were like that, just very, very disappointing. Right, and I've, I've had that same experience uh, in Charleston as well, where you know you get the the paper thin slices of brisket, which if you've cooked enough brisket, you know slicing it thinner is a way to mask you know some pretty tough brisket. You know, the thicker you cut it, the, the less room for error you've got. Um, so it, it, that's something common that you see outside of Texas. Um, one thing I've noticed quite a bit on barbecue I've had outside of Texas: if you order pork ribs and you say you ask for two or three pork ribs. On more than one occasion, I've gotten literally two pork ribs that they don't bother cutting into separate ribs, which is just a strange way to eat a rib to me. It's it's uh, not something I've ever seen in Texas, but I've seen it at least three times outside of Texas. Siamese ribs, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's I guess it's just that's the way they do it. I don't know. So as Texas barbecue expanded, I think one of the first regions that, that really picked up on this was um, Brooklyn and New York. Uh, very much a hot spot for many years now. Uh, lots and lots and lots of barbecue joints. Unfortunately, uh, none of us have been out to those locations or sampled the wares. Uh, one of the first ones that, that we know of is Hill Country Barbecue. Um, and Hill Country had a little bit of a co- direct connection to Houston, or rather to Lockhart, Texas Barbecue, with uh, Rick Schmidt and the Kreitz Market. They're still serving their sausage today. Uh, which is, to me, is a very good connection to Texas barbecue. Um, a few other joints out there as well. Uh, what are some of the other ones, Andrew? Um, you've got Hometown Barbecue. Uh, you've got uh, John Avila's place, Mor- uh, Morgan's in Brooklyn, that I believe he left 
he left there in about 2014, but uh, he was one of the first guys from Texas to go to New York and really start things up out there. Uh, and I believe, going back to Hill Country, I believe Evan Leroy, formerly of Freedman's and now of Leroy and Lewis Barbecue Truck, uh, I believe he got his start in barbecue um, at Hill Country as well. So the, the roots run deep. Um, personally, I mean, I've been to New York multiple times since the whole barbecue boom, but uh, it's difficult for me to get over there just because if you've ever been to New York, the food options are vast. So It's, <laughs> it's one of the problems is when you come from Texas, even if there's really quality barbecue outside, is it going to be better than what we've had in Texas? Most of the time it's not. It may be comparable. So especially in a hotspot, and Las Vegas is a good example, a hotspot where you've got numerous, numerous options, you know, and choices in the culinary world, and yet, you know, why would you want to come do Texas barbecue? Part of it is just kind of reminiscent of being home, and just to see it and explore, it's also fun, but, but admittedly, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of tough to pass up um, something more specific to that region or locale just to have Texas barbecue. Right, and uh, you know, those of us that eat a lot of the Texas barbecue here—or well, I should say here—we're in Vegas, but eat a lot of it in Texas. Sometimes it's almost like you feel an obligation to report back on the other states how they're doing. Um, I spent uh, five days up in Napa last year, and I knew it was going to be bad when I went there, but I made myself go eat some what they call Texas barbecue, and it's just—it's—I should have expected it. I should have known it was coming. Because um, again, you're in wine country. You know, barbecue is not their specialty. It's not what they do. Um, although I've, I've had good smoked meats in Napa, but it wasn't from a barbecue restaurant. Um, funny enough, it's a small little diner called Fremont Diner uh, in Sonoma, and they are using John Lewis Pitts. So there's a Texas connection with them as well. So it's funny seeing those. That's another reason why we like going to these places is to see what these connections they have back to Texas are. Um, whether it's the pits came from there. I've eaten barbecue in Atlanta that were cooked on pit maker pits, which is a Houston builder, Houston pit maker. Um, so it's it's fun seeing those different barbecue connections that, that go back to our state. And definitely like here, there's um, they're using an offset pit, so very familiar to us. Um, as we kind of look around the, the United States and, and some of the barbecue, one of the more recent trips I've been on uh, was out to Seattle, um, and had uh, Jack Timmons, the Jack's Barbecue, uh, very, very good, very much Texas style. Some of the problems that they experience as they come out here, and, and Las Vegas is, is similar as well, is actually sourcing the wood. Um, you know, in, I would imagine in Brooklyn it's incredibly difficult and incredibly expensive to get that wood sourced in. Jack's does that, um, but it's a very much Texas thing. They, he did a road trip in Texas. He's got, he runs the slideshow. I assume he's still doing it. He's got a slideshow of Texas, so here I am eating, you know, brisket and, and ribs and sausage, and I'm thinking about Texas. Uh, so there's a slideshow playing on a big screen TV, and there's Tootsie, you know, <laughs> pictures of Tootsie and pictures of Lockhart, and it's like, wow, you know, it, it was a great feeling, and it's, it's really good. Some of this barbecue is, is really quality stuff. Um, outside of there, we kind of move a little bit more eastward. Um, Chris here, Chris lived in Phoenix. Uh, now, Chris and I have been to... Um, Texas Barbecue House out in Phoenix, and they're a little interesting because they use a cook shack uh, smoker, and cook shack uses wood pellets. Wood pellets are one of the ways that, that these uh, establishments are trying to deal with sourcing the wood. If you can imagine, if you're a barbecue joint in the desert, um, it, it, the cost of trying to get your wood imported is sticks. is very expensive, and a lot of these places, that we, at least the ones that we prefer and visit, don't use the gas-assist cookers. 
Uh, one of the more popular places that's really been getting a lot of news uh, out in Phoenix is Little Miss Barbecue lines, um, you know, Franklin-esque lines, if you will. Chris, tell us a little bit about your visit to Little Miss. Well, it's been three or four years since I've been out there, and I went there pretty much when they first started out, and the line was obviously out the door, um, typical of Texas barbecue places, um, and it was hot. So you can imagine standing in line outdoors in 115-degree heat. Um, and since then, they've added cover uh, and, and misters, I believe. Um, but they use, according to their uh, website, Arizona oak and pecan wood. Um, and it looks like in uh, Camelback Smokers, I guess, which is... So I, I picture to... Arizona oak as being like the, you know, the cactus trees or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just a euphemism. It's really not. No, they, they, they get <laughs> no, it but it's true. North, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, and that's, again, that's, it adds to the expense of trying to do this. Um, and, and we're going to focus on Vegas, I think, in a, in a podcast a little bit later today. We've got another joint we're going to visit. So we'll talk more about Vegas. And we'll just kind of continue moving um, in the direction... Um, you know, Kansas City, uh, obviously, you're going to have Kansas City style. Andrew, you've been up there. There's not really any Texas-style barbecue there, is there? Mm, at least not when I was up there. Now, this was a few years back, and with the explosion of Texas barbecue, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some things opened up in the last couple of years there. But, you know, they've got a very distinct style of barbecue there, so I, I, it might be difficult for them to, you know, for a business to be successful serving, a, you know, a very different style of barbecue that, you know, if you've ever had... Kansas City ribs and Kansas City burnt ends, and you go to a Texas joint, you order a burnt end. It's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole different thing. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah it, it, on places like that, it'll be. A and let, more let's kind of hang on that and explain that a little bit to people. So, Kansas City burnt ends were were sort of an offshoot of of what you couldn't serve people originally, or at least what people didn't like. And in that style, that's that's off the point end, usually cubed up. But why did they have to do burnt ends? What was the reason why? What are Kansas City style burn ends? Well, they're something I don't order and I don't eat. Um, yeah, I'm not a Kansas City style barbecue fan. I'll be honest with you. So, so my understanding is, is it originated from you know cooking cooking the point into the brisket. A lot of times, people didn't like the fatty end to begin with, but um, cooking the point in the brisket, getting the heat on it, you know, you you had literally dry, crunchy uh, bark on there that people just weren't interested in. So they would cook them a second time in a bathing of barbecue sauce, and that would tender them up make them sweet, and, and it, it kind of became its own delicacy um, on its own. But what we what we normally see in Texas now is, is we cook for double-back barbecue. We do ours more in that vein and tradition. It's that second uh, that second coating, and then we crisp it up and get it a nice, a nice, nice crispy glaze on there. But in most times when you order when you order burn-ins in Texas, you're going to get something different than that. What, what is that, Andrew? Usually when you're getting burn, well, it depends now. You've got burn-ins of all different types in Texas. You have pork belly burn-ins, beef rib burn-ins. But if we're just sticking to brisket, you know, with brisket, what you're getting typically is you get that outside cut of the brisket, you cube it up. You know, you might put a little sauce on it. We had some today where we actually didn't have sauce on it. Um, but that was kind of our, at our own request so we could taste the beef. Um, but, but what you, you typically will have is it, it'll be a cubed up portion um, you know, a little bit of sauce goes back on the pit. It's not, it wasn't super crusty before. You're, it's more of trying to get, I, I kind of equate it to a sear on a steak where you want a nice crust on it, but it doesn't have to be like a, a super crunchy, charred up bite. 
And so Kansas City, like I said, we, we, we're not, um, I wouldn't say we're not big fans of Kansas City barbecue, but we just haven't experienced enough of it. And, you know, it's a lot of sauce out there as well, just not something that, that harkens back to Texas. We'll keep moving another place that, um, unfortunately, we haven't been to, and I, I visit Louisiana a lot, but I don't visit New Orleans, is Blue Oak. Um, we've seen a, a lot of our friends and, and other bloggers head out there and, and say that that's a really good one. Any Anything that you've seen about Blue Oak? Well, it looks like they're sticking pretty close to traditional Texas style from everything I've seen. I know uh, Michael Fulmer, uh, one of the co-founders of the Houston Barbecue Festival, has been there and, and uh, said really good things about it. Um, but, you know, obviously they're they're close enough to Texas where sourcing products, sourcing wood is probably a lot easier for them than it's going to be for a place in Arizona or a place in New York. Um, I know my brother-in-law lives in Atlanta. He went to an Atlanta barbecue place that starts their briskets on offsets and finishes them in Southern Pride simply because it it's so expensive for them to get wood. So if they what, can cut what down, was the name of that place? Oh, you're asking me now. I will get it for you. We'll get it. But uh, I know that it's not Jim and Nick's. Jim and Nick's. No, is no, a, no. It's, it's a, a newer place there, that, yeah. that's, that's only recently opened. Um, but but that's just one of the challenges you face when you're trying to cook Texas barbecue outside of Texas is sourcing things. And and most people don't want to pay even higher prices for it. But if it's costing you that much more to produce it, you've got to do something to offset those costs. And also, not just the fact that it's brisket heavy as, as we continue to move eastward. You've got a lot of brisket and you've got um, tender, usually we prefer the fattier cuts, um, not repurposed into burnt ends, but just fattier slices, thick slices, um, heavy salt and pepper rubs. Um, you know, and so bringing that in is a big change. It, it worked really well in Brooklyn. Um, this is a good segue into John Lewis, who took his style of barbecue, raw barbecue, Franklin barbecue, that, that history and lineage into the Carolinas, um, and you were recently out at his place. Tell us a little bit about your experience there, the the building, the whole the whole setup is, is really very interesting. I, I was super impressed with, with Lewis Barbecue in Charleston. Um, I, I kind of knew what to expect from, from a food standpoint, having eaten John Lewis's food at Franklin at La Barbecue, uh, you know, eating the food of his protégés that have taken over La Barbecue and other places since then. You expect that Franklin style on the brisket, you know, the, the, the heavy pepper, um, the hot gut sausage. I mean, he's doing, for the most part, the same style of barbecue that he was doing when he was at Law Barbecue. I remember reading um, one of the early reviews, and they, they said that it's such a change to that region that some people were asking, they were trying to cut the sausage open because they didn't they didn't know to eat the skin. It's just hilarious. Right. In case it, yeah. it, it is. And I, and I had Carolina barbecue when I was there, and it is. It's a completely different ballgame from, from what John Lewis is doing there, but... You know, he found a market that doesn't doesn't have anything any like that at all, and he's capitalized on it in a brilliant way. It's a great building. Um, they've got a bar. They've got. It kind of walk us through that whole experience because yeah, you, you, you described it to me. Right, you walk uh, through the, the door and it's like it's a it's like a screened in patio. Um, they've got a full service bar as soon as you walk in, and if you and they've got a line set up with two meat cutting stations, so you can get in either one of the lines. They move pretty fast. Or if you're not looking, at, if sliced meat is not what you want to get that day, if you're just stopping in for a quick lunch, you can actually go sit at the bar and just order a sandwich, and you can get a sandwich at the bar without having to wait in line for the meats. Now, the, the cutting area is glassed in, right? So you actually yeah, get to see that, or is like it a separate plexiglass room? thing? If you okay. get close enough, if you're as curious as I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, can, you can see the full cutting experience and everything like that. Um, and and they'll cut, you know, they'll cut exactly how you want to order. Just you know, it's your typical John Lewis style. 
Um, but the, the barbecue was fantastic. The building is great. It's a really nice setup. Um, they're open for lunch and dinner, which is, you know, top tier barbecue. It's very rare to get that in Texas these days where you get dinner service. Um, he's doing homemade desserts. He had a banana pudding ice cream when I was there. Uh, he, he's just really... Banana pudding ice cream sounds excellent. It was really good. It was really good. And then the smokehouse is completely separated from the restaurant, um, basically in the parking lot. He's got all of his pits in there, and they've got a separate room where the whole time I was there was just a guy trimming briskets the entire time. He must have trimmed 25 briskets while I was there. <laughs> they're, they're staying busy up there. It's uh, how, how was the line? Maybe 20-minute wait, and we were there right at the lunch rush. We were there at 1130. That's not bad at all. No, no, not no. Bad it was like maybe, maybe 20 minutes from the time you got in the door to the time you sat down with food. Now, I know also he's opened up. Um, is the Tex-Mex restaurant already open, do you know? Or I know that um, there were some plans for that. The, I know it's in the works. I don't know for sure if it's open, and he might hit you for calling it Tex-Mex. John Lewis, <laughs> yeah. John Lewis is a it's New Mexico New Mex, man, yes, heart. New Mex. Yes. Uh, I know he's, he's really trying to focus on having the New Mexico style which, which to me, at least what I've had, and, and I've been to Albuquerque a few times, um, which I, I jumped right over, so I need to remember to talk about Albuquerque here. Um, Vegas, we'll talk about it in a separate podcast. There's a lot of experiences here Chris and I will talk about. Um, but New Mexico, to me, is really is green chili and corn. Other than that, it's very reminiscent to me of, of Tex-Mex. What, what, what else is New Mex? That I you think know there's of? less cheese involved. Tex-Mex, everything is absolutely smothered <laughs> in cheddar cheese. Uh, well, cheese makes everything better. Uh, well, in style, Switzerland will tell you even putting it on a beef rib is, goes uh, this, there. This is true. There are there are queso ribs out there, um, but but no, I know that John's <laughs> focusing some, uh, some of his attention on that right now in Charleston. Um, I believe they do incorporate some of that influence in the in the barbecue restaurant as well. I believe they have like a like a Tex Mex Tuesday night where they do brisket. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and, and so like you that. said Tex Mex Tuesday. You see, he so, said Tex Mex. I know. Tuesday. See, so there we so. go. Yeah, it's confusing. You know? <laughs> it's all confusing. Texas, New Mexico. No, it's uh, I, I described Lewis Barbecue this way to Brian the other day. Is to me Lewis Barbecue is has got a similar restaurant setup to Style Switch and Corkscrew, um, and, and with La Barbecue food inside of it. Which yeah. you, and, the, and those hot guts that are it, just the, phenomenal. The I mean the, the sausage, which, which you know I know there were changes made, but I tracked that all the way back to the to the Miller family, um, to Louis Miller, John Miller, John Miller obviously at, for at least a little while. You know, John Lewis and John Miller work together. Um, it is a different style from from Louis Miller, but it, it's reminiscent of it to me. There's a, there's a there's a connection there for sure. Yeah, and it, it's just a great sausage, and it's a great restaurant. You know, I've said before, if you pick that restaurant up and set it down in any major city in Texas, it would be a contender for the best in the state. It's it's that good. That's amazing, and I certainly recommend other people to get out there. I'm going to try to get out there as soon as I can, but. I mean, it means I have to eat a lot of pulled pork from other people and whole hog. And yeah, I mean, I ate a decent amount of whole hog when I was in Charleston. I mean, you got to try the local. Did you go to Rodney Scott? I didn't go to yeah. Rodney Scott's. He wasn't open in Charleston yet when I was there. And uh, Hemingway, which is where the original Scott's Barbecue is, um, it's basically as convenient to get to as Snows is. It's in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in South Carolina. Banjos? Uh, I, I, I can't. There might. There could be banjos involved. But uh, it's it's not easy to get to, so I wasn't able to get there on this trip. But I did go to a, uh, one of the classic South Carolina barbecue joints, and uh, I did go to uh, Buxton Hall Barbecue in North Carolina. Oh, you really liked Buxton? Oh, I, th- yeah. I thought it was for for what it was, which is you know, Carolina barbecue. There wasn't there wasn't a whole Texas influence there at all, but it was very well done. Whole hog cooking, 
um, just as, as good as it gets and another great building where uh, I mean people will call it hipster style you know because they've got you know the Edison bulbs and this and that and things <laughs> like that but it was it was just a really nice place to sit down and eat a meal um, but uh, let's it, was, get, it was really cheap I think too it wasn't it wasn't too bad okay. yeah it, it was it was fairly priced for sure so so talking to, about John Lewis and that influence let's let's kind of flip over um, back back west to California and what's about to happen in California um, I, I think this is going to be a huge explosion and unfortunately I actually think this will eventually negatively affect our brisket prices and make them higher so in the, at one point in time John our Lewis brisket prices are going to get higher yes I, I fully believe that we're going to have a brisket problem um, and that is um, John Lewis at one time was looking at California um, some of the reviews or interviews I read looked like I know there was some competition also maybe he was looking to open up a, a restaurant Law Barbecue is going to do that. You know, it's, it's hilarious because, of course, they're going to call it L.A. Barbecue. Not 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 Leanne and team, but sure. <laughs> the locals are going to call it L.A. Barbecue. Right. Um, and it's not Louisiana Barbecue. It's Los Angeles. But oh, and I think they're going to do great there. I mean, it's you know, if you've been to Law Barbecue, you know how good they are. And if you've been to California, you know there's not a whole lot there like that. I, I think right it's there. a genius move. There's, there's a few, like, uh, Big Mistas. There's a few other places out there that have, that have, that have tried, but... I think they have the, yeah, the right, power right. and the quality. Well, and no one with the quote-unquote street cred that Law Barbecue right. has. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, there's um, there's Trudy's Underground out there that's getting a lot of press lately. Um, literally underground. It's a guy. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of if Franklin was to do his thing today with social media. So it's a combination of that backyard aspect, but it's a, there's social media right. and kind of truly underground. And of course, a lot of it is the exclusivity of it, how hard it is to get. I mean, that, that plays a factor. It's a psychological thing, because, you know, it's the same thing with Franklin Barbecue in the line. If you see people standing in line, well, whatever's going on there must be really good, because people are standing in line for it, which, you know, in that case happens to be true. But uh, but I think with Trudy's, that's, that's a big factor of it, is the, the exclusivity, how hard it is to get Trudy's Underground right now, um, is really helping sell their product for them. It looks like a good product as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, was, it, um, was it Ashton Kutcher and I think Katy Perry? Was that the two of the clients they tweeted about recently? Um, I, some of those people. I, those, I haven't read the latest those Hollywood, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the Hollywood folks out there. Um, the, you know, the big difference in California is that, um, you know, they're used to even the down, down south, the Santa Maria style, uh, which is kind of on an open flame with a, a, a tray that rises and lowers. Uh, but what they use, they don't use brisket very, very common at all out there. They use a different cut of the beef, cut of the cow called tri-tip. Um, I, I'm not a fan of tri-tip by any means, but um, can you explain a little bit about the, what you feel the differences are, taste, quality, or, or, or what is kind of... Tri-tip just doesn't have nearly the intramuscular fat that a brisket does. Um, to me, it's much more similar to a shoulder clot in terms of fat content. Um, so, I mean, I've had, it, the tricep I've had, and I haven't had a ton of it, it tends to be pretty darn dry. It, it almost, it, and except the dry part, it reminds me a little bit of, of prime rib almost. Yeah, yeah, you I know? can see that. It, it can be done pretty well, but, you know, when you do it low and slow, it doesn't have that same, the fats don't get rendered because there's no fat to render. Right, and it just, I don't know, to me, and I don't know, it sounds silly because it's coming from the cow, it just doesn't have that super beefy flavor that you get out of a brisket. Right. You right. know, which which at times can be not such a bad thing because, you, you know, you get a really good slice of fatty brisket, it knocks you on your butt after a while and you just don't want to eat any more of it. So, 
I mean, I think tri-tip, tri-tip is a diverse meat that you can do different things with. I just don't know how well it lends itself to Texas-style barbecue as far as like, so the, the low and slow method of it. I don't know that it really uh, is conducive to that kind of cooking. Now, one of the, the other problems I think that, that California will have getting adjusted is exactly that difference of a very lean piece of meat to a very fatty piece of meat. Um, you know, Texas style, we leave the fat cap on, or you're, at least you're supposed to, unless you're a particular joint that was doing the Big Apple Fest and got a video <laughs> of, of, of hashing that fat cap off. We don't do that in Texas normally. I mean, uh, the, that's going to be tough, don't you think? The stereotypes of California cooking are there. They invented Spock cuisine, like, which, if you've had Spock cuisine, it's like three bites of food on plate. Like, <laughs> it, hey, it's this, the land of beautiful people. You know, these beautiful people don't always want to eat super fatty brisket. We have a hard time getting fatty brisket sold in some parts of Texas. Yeah, still today. Still today. But I I think that what's going to happen, though, is that people are going to... I mean, it's so... That fatty, rich, succulent... Just... It it blows people's minds. You know, we talked about it in the previous podcast about that first... Oh, wow. I think... I think it's... I think brisket done well with a place like Love Barbecue in... Truly in, you know, Central California, wherever the hell Los Angeles is, Lower California, <laughs> Southern California, uh, it's going to blow people's minds. And, and again, I think that it's going to, once that grows, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen quickly, kind of like New York did. And it's going to grow, and that's going to impact the beef prices. Right. It, it will be fun the first few months they're open to read some of the Yelp reviews. Because I, I think it's going to be like reading, like you know, how celebrities read their mean tweets. I'd love to hear the guys at La Barbecue have to read some of the reviews. I know they're going to get from, from people in California. Like you said, it's it's such a great product that I think there will be a, a real market, a real strong market for it. Um, but it's it's going to be an adjustment period. You know, getting getting the natives used to a different style of anything they've ever had before. And at, at last check, um, uh, was Brendan Lamb was going to go out there for Love Barbecue and head that up. I think that's it's a good choice. You know, I think I think he'll do really well. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we heard. Is the latest is uh, Brendan was going to move over there um, sometime in the near future. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye out for it. So one other place, um, one other city region uh, I've had the opportunity to visit multiple times for work is um, Albuquerque, and uh, you know, Albuquerque. They have. They actually have a Texas barbecue joint. I talked about that in a second. Um, I went to Rudy's there. There's a Rudy's, and guess what? It's just like Rudy's in Texas. You really went to Rudy's. Um, in I went to Rudy's in Albuquerque. Yes, sir. Uh, in fact, um, my my company. I, I can't travel next week. I was actually scheduled to fly out there next week. Um, the meeting that's happening. They're catering in Rudy's. That was not my decision, but um, it. You know, Rudy's. I think Daniel Vaughn said it once. Rudy's is never a great first choice, but it is a great last option. To paraphrase that, and, and it's true. I mean, Rudy's is is all wood smoked. Um, when it's done right, the problem is they don't have what we would consider pitmasters. They have hourly employees, to my knowledge. So the, the consistency is a problem. But Rudy's on a good day is better than a lot of the barbecue joints around. Um, the other place they have is they have a county line, um, and there's a there's a mountain. It's a Sandia Peak. Uh, there's a resort up there. There's a, a really, I think it's like the second longest cable car ride up there. Um, and in a beautiful, beautiful location. It's more impressive line. than the largest gingerbread. You know, it is. I actually <laughs> rode on that, uh, that cable car, and it was not the disappointment that the world's largest gingerbread man was. Good, good to hear. Um, and, and, you know, if we're going to stick on that, by the way, Andrew, <laughs> um, something that was not as disappointing is in um, Beaumont, which, is, which at the time we went, was the world's second largest fire hydrant. 
And, you know, at least they said it's the second largest. And, you know, it's exactly what you would expect. It looked like a fire hydrant. This, this gingerbread man, again, did not look like a damn gingerbread man, all right? Oh. And we won't bring up Arthur this time either, you know? <laughs> this, is, um, this is turning into tales from the roadside attractions. Yeah, you know, well, that's my favorite thing. And, <laughs> and we didn't do a lot of that in our, in our podcast. But absolutely, when you're doing these road trips, you know, find, seek out these places, um, um, gravity hills and things like that where your car rolls up the hill. There's all kinds of neat stuff. But the, the Texas barbecue place in Albuquerque, I do want to mention, I was very impressed um, it was called Marley's Texas Barbecue. Um, they had a, they had a smoker, a proper smoker. They were using proper wood. Um, done really well. Uh, they were really nice folks when I talked to them. It's only been one visit. Again, I, my uh, my plan was until I had to cancel my trip was to go out there next week um, and talk to them as well as um, obviously eating the barbecue and doing some work, unfortunately. But um, it, the other thing that they did is they brought in. So we talked about um, all the way back to Hill Country Barbecue bringing in Kreitz. Um, they bring in uh, Southside Market sausage there, oh, okay. uh, and so it's it's you know they they obviously have to pay that fee to bring it in, right? Uh, but it it it's that touch of home for me and for other Texans, you know, proper Texas sausage, and that's that's another thing that um, you know as you go out, seek out these places, uh, enjoy the experience. Don't don't take a Texas barbecue trip in another state instead of eating what that region specializes in. Uh, but definitely, it's a lot of fun to get out there and, and see what's out there. Um, any other points before we wrap this one up? No, just uh, I, again, we talk about this a lot. Manage your expectations um, when you go to these places out of state. You know, don't go to every place out of state expecting to have top ten Texas barbecue experiences. You know, the, the barbecue we had here today was good, solid barbecue. It, you know, if you put this place in Texas, is it top ten? No, it's probably not, but it's, you know, it's, but it's, it's a good solid barbecue experience. And especially if you know someone going to Vegas or if, if you have family that doesn't live in Texas and lives in Vegas, you know, I recommend this place if they're looking for, you know, Texas barbecue for sure. Absolutely. Well, again, we'll talk about Chris and I will go into detail at some of our other barbecue experiences here. That's a wrap for, at least for this episode of Tales from the Pits. Uh, we'll catch you out on the barbecue trail. Keep eating. <laughs>